Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with Mike Large from Circuit Fit Training Center and Large Martial Arts in Georgetown, Ontario. Mike, thanks for being here today. Oh, it's my pleasure. I appreciate the, uh, the invite. It's going to be a great time. We're going to have the best 20 minutes of your afternoon, I hope. Oh, guaranteed. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> let's hop into it. Tell us, you've got you know, a gargantuan facility out there in Ontario, and you're doing all kinds of cool stuff. Give us the rundown. What are you all about? We got absolutely everything going on in this gym. We, uh, we're about 11,000 square feet. Um, we've got three gyms, three gyms side by side in a, a big industrial warehouse. Uh, in gym one, we have a circuit of a training center, which is um, hourly, hourly classes right from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m., all led by a, a circuit fit trainer. Uh, in gym two, it's um, our team training facility and our personal training facility. We got uh, all night long from basically five o'clock on till nine o'clock at night. We have every type of sports team uh, imaginable. We train professional athletes we've had in here. We've, uh, we've got everybody in here and uh, including your, your mom and pops. So everyone just wanted to get back in shape after COVID. And then in gym three, where I am right now is uh, large martial arts. I teach uh, Muay Thai kickboxing and uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. I've been in uh, Muay Thai for close to 40 years. And I've um, been in jujitsu, and this is about, I think, my 22nd year of uh, jujitsu. So I love, uh, I love to teach. This is where my passion is for sure. So yeah, you, uh, you've only been around the block once or twice in the last. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm getting old. Years. I'm an old guy now. So <laughs> I'm with you there, man. When the numbers, when the numbers start creeping up, we just, we just say experience, right? So our experience. So you haven't, you, you must have not started off um, in this facility with this triple gym set up, but you got here somehow. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a backstory of, you know, did you start in a smaller space and grow? Like, how did you get to where you are now? We actually, we actually started off in gym one. So we only took over gym one. We completely gutted it. It was uh, an old wood shop. And we, when we got in there, we did all the work ourselves. So we got in there and cleaned it up, built change rooms. Um, we did the whole thing ourselves. Um, in the back corner of that gym is I had a couple mats and that's where I was teaching my martial art program in the back corner of uh, Circuit Training Center. And then as we grew, the martial art program grew, Circuit Training grew. Um, we started getting sports teams in here. And then some nights we were on that one floor of, I think it was like 6,500 square feet. We had a, a team in there. We had people doing circuits in there and uh, we had the martial arts in there. So then the unit beside us became available and we took it over and moved the, we moved the team training and personal training over there along with the martial arts. And then uh, about two and a half years ago, the third gym became available. And then we, uh, we moved into that facility as well. And it's got its own separate entrance and it's got everything in there as well. So, and then the martial art program grew and, I hope this is it. It's been a lot of work. It's been a lot of uh, rolling paint and blowing dust out of the rafters. So I'm done with the growing aspect. Now it's, uh, let's uh, get the members in here and just grow that program. 
Yeah. And, and you kind of led right into what I was going to say. Like, you know, I think the, the video gamers out there would say that you, you may have reached your final form as so it, so to speak, you, go. you know, you've, you've got all the space and what does it look like as far as, you know, circuit fit class, you know, you call it gym one and then your team training center and then martial arts, like how many people are, are you serving in each one of those right now? Um, for number wise, <laughs> that's a tricky wow. question because sure. honestly, honestly, we were doing, we were doing pretty good. We were on a roll before COVID. Before mm -hmm. COVID, we were, uh, our numbers were up there. Like we had quite a few hundred people doing the circuit of training center. And then, uh, we had quite a few members, uh, with the personal training and we were on a roll with the teams. Uh, like our team training was full, like capacity, like. We had teams trying to book spots months in advance. Um, when COVID hit, understandably, a lot of people didn't want to be in a gym environment. Our, our politicians had everyone scared, thinking the gyms were the source of COVID. And we had a lot of people uh, opt out. So even when we shut down, uh, the day we shut down, my trainers and I got together, got the best trainers in the business here. And uh, we got together and we went online. So we were actually doing all our training twice a day online with Zoom, but we did still, we still lost quite a few people. So every time we got back open again, it was trying to get people back in again, and then we got shut down again. So right now we're on that growth again. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see because our schools just went back in um, yesterday. So, and they're already expected our COVID numbers to go back up with kids uh, not being vaccinated and being back in that school environment. and. Uh, so we're gonna have to see where it goes, but we're back climbing up that ladder, <clears throat> excuse me, and climbing up the ladder and um, it's time to get those people back in here again. For sure, man. And, and we wanna see that happen for all of our gym brothers and sisters in, in the States, in Canada and everywhere else. So um, when you initially grew to the size that you were pre-COVID, was it mostly on the heels of just being around for a while, word of mouth, referrals, or were you advertising? How were you getting people in then? Mostly everything we did was by referrals, word of mouth. Um, Halton, where we are, Georgetown's in Halton Hills. Um, we got a great reputation. Honestly, like our, our program is great. Um, the, the trainers are absolutely amazing. Um, Everything was worked by word of mouth. We didn't do a lot of advertising at all. And it was just up until recent that we actually started really doing our social media. Um, one of my trainers, uh, his girlfriend's been phenomenal with the social media and she's kind of taken charge of that and ran with it. So everything has been word of mouth. Um, and that's pretty much how we've gotten to where we are with our membership base. So you say that uh, that she's taking on social media now, right? Is that largely you know making posts, stories on like Facebook, oh and Instagram, God. or are you in other places? She's doing like our our Facebook, our Instagram stuff. Um, she's doing reels like every day. She's um, highlighting all the trainers and doing uh, everything there. Uh, little like recipes and so it's uh, really engaging everyone that's uh following us yeah yeah that that organic engagement can be it can be phenomenal right and, and it's huge people hear about you and you know the word of mouth it kind of backs up that word of mouth and referral basis because 
you know, they want to know more, but they're not ready to come and, and sit down with you and or whoever does that. And we'll talk about that process. So they, they kind of stalk your social media a little bit and then they get to see, all right, like that person looks like me. That looks like, you know, something I can do, whatever it is, it, it'll, it'll either reinforce what somebody already thought and make them want to come in or, or show them that maybe they had the wrong idea and thought it was a bunch of brutes going around, you know, kicking each other in the, in the head at the Muay Thai gym and like, oh, all right, there's moms and dads and athletes and kids and whatever. So yeah, what you put out there on the social media is it, it can make or break when somebody is already out there trying to figure out who you are and what you do. So a lot, a lot of people have fears, right? So they have those fears of coming into that gym environment. And um, even, even when I had, um, even when the martial art program was in gym two, we're sharing gym two with a team training facility, like even our pictures and stuff, you just got to even be careful with the pictures that you got up. You got guys all bloodied up and stuff. And some, some mom brings her kid in here to sign up and they see these pictures. So yeah, you got to, you got to even be careful with that. Yeah, yeah, that that can uh, that can definitely uh, swing things one way or the other. So, right. are you doing everything right now strictly on the organic side, or are you um, putting any money into the to the Zuckerberg Fund by boosting posts or doing actual ads, or is it all just purely organic right now? It's pretty. It's all organic right now. It's just um, we're not buying any any anyone to kind of follow us or anything like that. So it's been all strictly organic. Um, it's all people that want to follow us in the area. Um, so it's, uh, it's been working for us so far. Yeah. As far as people coming in from that type of stuff, are you limited at all right now with COVID restrictions or by trainers or space? Or are you able to basically take in as many people as you're seeing that are a good fit that, that you want to be? It's... Um... Basically, before before COVID, we we had our classes uh, capped off at 24 people in a class. Mm -hmm. um, we had our stations, we had our stations throughout the gym, and people were kind of flowing through the gym. Um, everyone's touching different equipment, and then the whole fear of like, oh, you can't touch something. <laughs> COVID might be on that 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 dumbbell or something like that. So we've had to, and with our our bylaws and stuff with the restriction, we had to cut our capacity down by 50% and everyone's got to keep six feet uh, between each other. Um, right now, everyone's, when they come in, they, they got to wear their mask. Um, we have a, a software system where they all have to pre-book their classes. So they pre-book, they can book their whole week in advance. So they, it's like a doctor's appointment. You got to book your class, you know when to be here. Uh, the trainers know how many people are going to be in each class. So they're all ready to go. So people come in, they all have their, they actually have a 12 by 12 square that they work out in. Uh, we went out and bought all kinds more equipment. Everyone's got their own dumbbells in their squares, their own BOSUs, their own steppers. So they have everything there. So right now we're in still what's called stage three. And we were told we'd be in stage three. Every, every 21 days it would change. So the politicians basically put us into stage three and then went on holidays for the summertime. So we're still stuck in, in stage three and that's been two months. So we're still at 50% capacity, but we're still open. So I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with the, the fact that we're still open. We still have people coming in. Everyone's still getting their workouts in. Um, so that's where we're at right now. I'm hoping in the future, maybe around Christmas time that we can get back to 
having our stations, everyone's flowing through the gym and getting to use all the equipment as well. That, that'll be quite the Christmas present, that's for sure. Oh, it, would be, it would be beautiful. <laughs> so when people are coming in, let's say the majority right now are word of mouth, social media, um, do you have a choreographed process that people go through if they say, hey, I just, I've been following you on social media uh, or, you know, my friend comes here and I'm interested. I just, I want to feel better. I want to be fit, whatever it is. Is there a, a process? Is there somebody who does that process? What does that look like? Um, so with our, our restrictions and COVID restrictions, there's, there's no walk-ins out allowed right now. So people generally reach out to us through, through our social media. They reach out through our email or even just a phone call. And we'll arrange a time slot for them to come in and see the facility. Pretty much everyone that have come in, you, as you say, they already have a friend that trains here. They've heard about us over the course of the years. Um, sir, we are, we're a results-based gym. So <laughs> people are afraid of that. They're, they're afraid because it is hard work. It's, uh, you're not going to that big box gym and you're not just going to get on that treadmill and uh, sit on the treadmill for an hour and burn a few calories. When you come in here, uh, you're ours for that 50 minutes. In that 50 minutes, you are working your butt off. You're working, you're burning a lot of calories, you got a good sweat in, and you're getting that full body workout. So people kind of know when they are walking into our gym what they're getting into. Um, and it's just basically the people that haven't, they've heard about us, but they haven't seen the facility. And when they come in here, they're blown away by how big it is, how clean it is. Um, because we are in a warehouse, it's a little intimidating walking in at first, you're walking down that hallway, then when you walk into our unit, it's like, wow, this, this facility is amazing. There's all kinds of cool artwork on the, uh, on the walls. And even um, three years ago, we invested and we put air conditioning in all three gyms. So it was pretty hot in here and some members didn't like that. We had big fans going, but it was worth the investment in putting the air conditioning in. So when people finally do walk into the gym, they're, they're very impressed and, and they're signing up right away. Awesome, awesome. And let's, I know the, the martial arts intake process can be a little bit different because unless someone's got a lot of experience, they just need to learn the basics and, and there's a lot of technique and skill there. Um, right. On the fitness side, if somebody wants to come in and they just wanna, they just wanna do classes, do they have to go through any type of ramp up process, any type of personal training, or do you have it set up so that if they want to come in and do that, given they don't have any, you know, major issues that they can just do it? Right. So when people, when they walk in, we do feel them out and we just ask some questions and we, and, it, and we leave it up to them. Like we're a no pressure gym. When people walk in, we're not pushing any sales on them. We tell them what we have going on. Like we have, we have intro months. We have an intro month with the Circuit Fit Training Center. Uh, we have an intro month with personal training. Uh, we have intro specials, even with the martial arts program. So when they walk in, we just ask them if they have any ailments or <laughs> any aches and pains. And most of the time, these people are all just jumping right into the circuits. And we tell people to, to, to pace yourself. Just pace yourself because it's, uh, it's a good workout and you're definitely going to feel it. And we want you to come back that next day. We don't want... Uh, people to be afraid and they're too sore and they don't come back so that's why we that's why we do that intro month where we do want them to use it over the course of the month and they're going to come in they're going to meet all our trainers all their trainers are have their own little personalities they they um they all run a class totally different so you're you're getting a different class all the time cool so you do have a, a way for them to 
to sort of lower the barrier of entry for them to come and check you out and try and yeah. get their feet wet and see what what flavor of what you offer might be their favorite, what's gonna be the best fit. And like, right, like we got people that don't even do the circuits when they come in. <clears throat> Some of them come into the gym and they just do our strictly, they're just here for personal training. So everyone's in here for something different. Uh, we got people like we have athletes that we train, they don't even do the circuits. They come right in, they're working with the trainers on uh, in gym two and they leave. So everyone's kind of got uh, their own little thing here. Yeah, for sure. You got a lot of things there. That's oh, we got a lot of things going on here. We got like we four-year-olds. We have four-year-olds. We've had um, people up into their seventies. So everyone's uh, goes at their own pace. Yeah, for sure. So you, you, for all intents and purposes, you have we'll call it four major businesses there, right? You have circuit, personal training, teams, and then martial arts. How do you manage? what gets your attention? I just picture it being like having four kids just always like, dad, dad, like hot, you know, but from the business, you know, that it requires your attention more for more than just, you know, fun and validation. It's, it's essential. So right. how do you, how do you manage that? Oh, I got the best manager going on in here. Uh, my wife, uh, she, uh, she, she runs the gym. She, she's uh, the person behind the scenes that doesn't get the credit. She's, uh, she tells us what to do. <laughs> my, my, my passion is coming in and, and, and training people. And the same with our trainers. Um, we don't think about the whole business aspect of it sometimes. And then Celeste is always there to kind of give us that little cup in the back of the head to tell us to wake up and, and tell us uh, the whole business aspect. So she, she runs that part of it. And, um, she runs it well. And that's, that's why we are where we are. And that's why we pulled out of all three um, lockdowns and why the gym's growing. So, but uh, we also know that like, even she's like, we don't have all the answers. We uh, we're always like reading up and trying to expand our knowledge. Yeah. So you guys are like really the proverbial, like one, two punch then, right? So you're, <laughs> you're the guy who you're overseeing let's call it the action that's happening on the floor. Right. And making sure that training is up to spec and, and things are, you know, where you want them to be from a fulfillment point of view. And right. she's, she's crunching numbers. She's looking at balance sheets and memberships and all that stuff and, and uh, dotting the I's and crossing yeah. the T's on the backside. Yeah. We're, we're a good team when it comes to that. That's for sure. And, uh, you got to have that appreciation for the person that's uh, behind the scenes and uh, running the show from behind the scenes. And uh, typically most people, when they walk into the gym, they all see our trainers. They see what great, what great programs we have here, but it's, uh, it's definitely the person that's behind the scenes uh, running the show that makes it so good as well. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's good to have in any partnership, whether it's husband, wife, whoever your business partner or partners are to not necessarily have overlapping skill sets and responsibilities. Just right. Like, he can do that well and I can do that well, or she, it, you know, the fact that you're more complimentary than overlapping is, is probably real good. Also helps you stay out of each other's way. I bet. <laughs> it is true. Like we, we spend some long days here, like because we do open at 6am and uh, we have that hourly class and then the last one's at 8 p.m. It's a long day in the gym. 
And sometimes I don't see Celeste, even though that we, we work together, live together. Like I come in kind of in the mornings and she's not here. And then she's in the mornings and I'm not here. So it's like, yeah, but uh, we do complement each other well when it comes to the whole business and the training aspects of it. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a, a really functional dynamic there. So right. that's, that's super important because <laughs> as a lot of our listeners can probably relate to, it can get dysfunctional real quick if you don't have a handle on it. So very true. Very true. Glad, glad to hear that. So we can't do anything about COVID, right? We're all just living with the restrictions that we have and, and making the best out of that. So you, you know, what else are you doing in the business to push things forward, right? With the constraints that you have, COVID's going to be there until it's not. We can't do it. What else are you working on? What other dragons are you trying to slay uh, with, with what you have right now? With what we, um, we're just trying to build the programs up, honestly. Um, it'd be nice to see the gym like completely full all day long. So I'd love to see the, the membership base grow. Um, but as you say, like even with COVID, it's always going to be here. We're going to have all these different restrictions. Um, our government's trying to put in place uh, these passports now. So with the passport, um, honestly, you're, you're going to piss people off either way. Either you enforce it and then some people are going to get mad at you. It's, 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 it's a tricky situation. And it's like either, either way you're, you look at it, you're going to lose some more members there. So it's like, how do we make everybody happy? How do we make sure when they do come into the gym that they feel safe? And, and everyone has felt safe. Like I've, I've kept up um, open communication with our bylaw officer. And like, I was actually just on the phone with him again this morning. Like I'm always inviting these people into my gym. Like I'm not afraid to have anyone in here. Uh, I want them to come in. I want our members to feel safe. I want us, uh, I want to make sure that we're, we're doing everything correct. So as long as I can lose no members, and we can keep growing and COVID, as you say, like COVID's going to be around forever. Honestly, we're not going to get rid of it. And uh, we just got to keep, keep going, roll, roll with the punches. So. Yeah, for sure, man. You're uh, in, in so many ways affecting people's physical and emotional well-being. that, you know, just being there and, and making it a place where people are comfortable and they know that you're, you're doing everything that you can with the information we have, right? Oh, hindsight will be 2020 and we'll find out that maybe there was overkill in some areas and maybe there are some places we missed, but if you believe that people are genuinely, uh, you know, trying to do their best and you make as many people as possible feel comfortable, there's, there's always gonna be some people that are throwing rocks regardless, right? Oh, we've had, we've had lots of that going on and it, and like, the, and it, everyone keeps forgetting about the whole mental aspect of a gym. Like you come in and it's just that, relief at the end of a day you had that hard day and and even with the jujitsu program like the guys come in here to roll at night time and it's like your worries are all gone when someone's trying to choke you out right so, <laughs> yeah, so sure. <laughs> but no we're it's, it's it'll be on an uphill climb and we'll just keep rolling with the punches and uh we'll just make sure our, our programs keep growing and everyone's coming in here and feeling safe and uh we'll see how it goes in the future for sure yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been quite a journey for you, right? You've been there somewhere around 11 years, right? You've seen, seen yeah. a lot of things. You've done some stuff. I'm sure some things have gone well and some things maybe not the way you expected. So right. as we're coming up on time here, 
if you could go back and give yourself one, one piece of advice, you know, 11 years ago, that wasn't, you know, buy Bitcoin at 10 cents. <laughs> yeah, I know. As far as running the business goes, what do you think the one thing would be that, that you'd like to tell uh, younger Mike? Younger Mike. Oh my God. I'm still young. I'm not that old yet. But, uh, um, honestly, when, when I first, uh, when we first started the gym, I actually, I still had a full-time job. Um, I had a full-time job. I was making uh, great money. Uh, I had benefits. I had everything. Celeste was in the gym working here. Um, I was teaching, like I work shift work. So I was kind of working shift work, teaching here in between, uh, trying to run a family life. I was uh, fighting, uh, fighting professionally too. So I had a lot going on in all honesty. And sometimes I wasn't enjoying life as much as I should have. If I could go back, I probably would have quit my other job before I did. I did. <laughs> so I would have gone and started this up a long time ago. And when you own your own business, you got to be able to enjoy it. And at times it wasn't enjoyable. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of stress. And um, if I could go back, I would uh, probably start things a little sooner to uh, enjoy it a little sooner. Yeah. Yeah. We hear that a lot, you know, and it, I think it boils down a lot to if you really find your true passion and you have a plan, right? Cause I don't think anybody should jump blindly. If you have a plan and, and you're going to go for it eventually, if you know that you're willing to put the work in and you have a real, real solid foundation of why you're doing it, then, right. then just do it. Right? I don't mean to steal from Nike. I right? don't sue us Nike. If you listen to this, but really it's just, just got to hop out of the boat, set it on fire and, and just yeah. put the work in. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. Like when I, um, when we started this, like I like my wife and I have two, two kids, two sons as well. And the whole thing is like, even right from a baby, like when I was tra training at other gyms, doing my martial arts or whatever, uh, my kids, like right from being a baby where they were crawling around the mats. Um, it's a, it, honestly, the gym is a, a great environment for any kid to be in, uh, to be surrounded by uh, amazing people. And uh, I think every kid, uh, they need sports. They need to be working out, get off the couch, put the video games away <laughs> and be in an environment like this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. There's definitely, uh, I think there's, there's room for improvement in, in a lot of aspects and, and people don't see it until they get in there and get their body moving and, and feel the feelings that you can't really get any other way. You can't. You know? and, no. and I'm not, I wouldn't say take all the video games away from the kids, but I think finding a balance is, is important. And yep. you know, maybe some of these kids will grow up. There's a whole field of, of gamers and stuff like that. But I think human interaction, physical movement, you know, putting yourself through some, some situations where your life's not in danger, but you have to work hard to get through something are, are all super important. You know, we all, we all could use a little more balance in one of those areas. And that's what it all comes down to is having that happy balance. Like we need that balance and yeah, the video games can be good and you're kind of socializing in a different, different way, but uh, we def definitely need a, a good balance. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have, we have swung a little too far, but uh, you know, guys and gals like you and Celeste are, are working towards at least being someplace that, that you can make a difference with that. So 
Right. I appreciate your time, Mike. We're going to let you go. But before we do, where can people find you online? Oh, you can check out. Uh, <laughs> I was going to give you our website, but we're actually in the process of redoing our website. But they can still go have a look at us at uh, www.circuitfit.com or uh, check us out on Instagram. It's uh, Circuit Fit Training Center. And you can also look, uh, look up uh, Large Martial Arts. So we're on uh, Instagram and on Facebook. Awesome. And for those of us not in Canada, Circuit Fit Training Center ends with uh, R-E and not E-R, right? You got it. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I, I mean, I like your way better, but I don't get to make the rules here in, uh, in America. Oh, I was, uh, I'm, I was never great in English and with grammar. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's cool. And the links are all there on the website too. I checked it out, even though it's being redone. I still think it's a cool website. Give it a like, follow them, you know, whatever you got to do, just get on, on the same page and check out what, what Mike and Celeste in there team are doing out there because we don't want to forget about the team we definitely are a team we got uh i don't even say we're a team we're a family here we got a great family with uh with all our trainers and uh everyone that's involved including the members yeah totally all right well to everybody out there thank you for listening tuning in to another episode of the gym lords podcast if you like what you heard you want to hear more smash that subscribe button get notified when new episodes drop Drop us a like, leave us a review. We love the feedback. And if you want to be on the show, there's a link in the description. Fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches and learn more about their business and business knowledge as a whole. I'm your host, Ryan Carson, and today we're here with Jacob Thomas from Razor Sharp Fitness. Jacob, how's it going today, man? Uh, it's a great day. Friday, end of the week, uh, although it's gloomy and rainy here, but we got the Packers victory last night, so... You know, I hear you, man. Everything's yeah. better in Wisconsin when that happens. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, that, that Packers victory, I, I don't... Uh, I mean, it's a win's a win, right? Like that was, yeah, I saw the ending of that, but yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Back to, back to fitness. Um, so with, uh, just kind of give me a background, man. Like what is, um, well, first off, what is your uh, position at the, at the facility or facilities and, uh, how long have you been employed there? Sure. So I'm the general manager at Razor Shark Fitness. I started here uh, in 2013. I uh, actually got brought on as the fitness director. And after the first year, uh, moved up to the general manager role, uh, overseeing two clubs uh, here at Razor Sharp. So we have a big, our big uh, flagship club, 47,000 square feet. And then we have our satellite club, uh, 12,000 square feet. Okay. All right. Awesome, man. So what is it like, what got you into the fitness industry? Because I'm sure you didn't just, you didn't just come on as a, you know, FM or anything, did you? 
Sure. No. So, I mean, I've been a sports person my entire life. Uh, I went to school for athletic training, so I'm an ATC. Um, and so after college, um, I, you know, got, got into the fitness world, uh, got brought into a club that was looking for a personal trainer, uh, started my way there, but they had a Parisi speed school inside of that space, being athletic training, um, you know, that sports performance and athletes was always something that was exciting to me. So I started really learning all about that, got into that world. And then I moved over to uh, Michigan at MVP sports club, started doing mm -hmm. sports performance training there, opening up their clubs, uh, over in Michigan, Grand Rapids and Holland and Rockford area. Uh, and then I was there for five years and then I wanted to move back home. And, uh, and so I found razor sharp fitness, um, in regards to being a, a fitness manager there and have, have progressed my way up to general manager. So I've done everything, sports performance, personal yeah. training, group exercise, you know, the floor attendant, all those different things I've, I've done, uh, which has been a really fun journey. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. And so, so you basically been the GM for, for nine years or so now, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so you must be, you're doing something right. If you, if you kept it for, for nine years there. So yeah. They're congrats. putting up with me so far. So that's always a good thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm curious about the, um, about the gym and the model. So kind of, kind of give us a breakdown of what that looks like. So 47,000 square foot. So it's an open gym model. And uh, what else do you guys offer there? What services do you have? Sure. So we offer, you know, personal training services, sports performance, team training, group training services, studio classes. Uh, we do have massage therapy, acupuncture. We're actually bringing an aesthetician on uh, now as well. Uh, nutrition programs, swim lessons. We are a uh, family or sorry, a adult uh, focused facility. So we're not a, a family focused facility. It's all 13 and up that's here, which allows us to really focus solely on fitness. And that is our, really our mantra. We really try to stay in our lane in fitness and try not to delve uh, too far outside of that, which is for us, one of our different differentiators. And um, in our market, I mean, we are, um, you know, the premier facility here. So our, our, Large club is 49, uh, sorry, $54 a month. We actually just did a price increase uh, this past week. And our satellite club is about $34 a month. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we have all those services uh, in between there. Awesome. I love it. So um, the let's talk uh, real quick, the satellite club. So how long has that been a thing? Um, yeah. Sure. We opened that in December of 2010. Uh, so okay. it's been around, okay. right around 11 years now. Okay, it, gotcha. start, it started as a satellite club and we called the satellite club because it was the 24 seven club and there was really no club, especially in that area that had 24 seven. So that was one of our big draws was to be a 24 seven club open anytime. We did have some group exercise. It was kind of light when we first started. Now we've really kind of ramped that up some more personal training and that there as well. Uh, but like I said, it really started as like a, as more of a satellite club. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And it's funny too, because like I kind of got, um, I'm sure you're familiar with the term, like with, you know, within the industry, like with sales, like price anchoring, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you kind of price anchored me with, you know, I'm thinking 47,000 square feet is massive. And then you hear 12,000 and you're like, oh, that's not so big, but really 12,000 is still a good size, you know, facility, especially with now, if we talk about boutique gyms and you know what I mean? Like we're talking two and 3000 square feet, um, you know, but you know, 12,000, that's still a good size, you know? Um, you know, for any kind of facility, really. 
Yeah, and I, I love the model, right? Because it allows you to have such a high touch opportunity yes. inside of that space. Yes. So, you know, for me, you know, if, if there are more expansion plans and that kind of stuff, I mean, I, I, I think that 12,000, that 15,000 model is, is a really nice place to live. Um, you know, for us, like we have the gym, the gymnasium here and that kind of stuff. And it's great. It's a, it's a bit of a draw, but there's so many times it's unused. So, you know, you take out, if you think about like, oh, if I took out that square footage, I really need all of that square footage. And mm -hmm. I can, you know, condense that a little bit, have a better high touch, you know, high touch feel. I um, mean, that's, you know, what that club is a little bit. And so we call that one as like our cheers club. So you'll go there, they play games, they play music games, they play random games there. Everybody knows their name, everybody else's names. Uh, and, and they have a, just a blast, but it's a completely different feel compared yeah. to our 47,000 square foot club. It's yeah. just a completely different model, but it literally, we, we call that one our cheers club and they, it is its own little community up there, which is so much fun. Now, what is, um, how much time do you split between the two? Uh, uh, typically like within a week, you know, it's, it's probably about 95% at the, at the big club and about 5% right. at the little club. Uh, the yeah. nice thing is I drop my kids off really close to the small club. So I pretty much do like a stop in every day, see how things are going or when I pick them up from school, I'll stop in afterwards and some of that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, you know, most of my time is at the big club, but like I said, the, the atmosphere at the other one makes you want to go there. It's just, it's a fun place to be. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, like with the other one, yeah, 47,000. I mean, it's so big that I would say that the sense of community may not be as strong at that one, right? Like as the, the other. You have more yeah. pockets of communities, right? So you have like, all right, here's my studio class community, my team training community, and even personal training community and all the different, you know, my weight, my powerlifting communities, all that. Yeah. So they're just like different pockets in our big yeah. one where it's like, it's all one pocket really at the other yeah, one. Yeah. So pockets, I guess. Makes sense. Like pockets, gangs, like whatever you want to call it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's and some of the it's funny, some of those little communities, like, you know, that it is kind of like uh gang memberships in some of those, right? Like, especially like with your um, well, like power lifters and um, you know, some of the Zumba people, like that is so tight knit. It's uh it's insane just just how the community is with that. Well, and, and something like CrossFit, I think, brought that to True. such fruition, yeah. right? I mean, that is where everybody realized how important that community was. And then it was like, well, how do we make these communities? How do we really engage these people? And, and the cool thing was some of them were already done. You just had to harvest them a little bit more. But yeah. there, was, there was tons of opportunities that were out there. But like I said, I mean, I thought CrossFit, that was one of the best things that CrossFit's done is really build a true community um, feel towards fitness. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, like, as far as um, we'll kind of get into like the member experience here. So let's say um, I'm a, or I'm a, I'm a prospect. Uh, I walk into the door. So like, what would be, uh, what would be the next steps for me? Like, I, I'm curious about the gym. What happens next? Sure. So our front desk team get to know you a little bit, say hi, what's your name? What are you here for? Um, then ultimately kind of direct you towards our membership team, seeing the front, seeing the front lobby area, my membership team will come up uh, and they spend a little bit of time getting to know you a little bit before checking out where to go in the club. So yeah. what are they interested in? Have they been a member of the gym before uh, a member of any gym before a member of our gym before even just a little bit of like what their goals are. We learned what their family is. Um, I actually just got back from Ursa. We took, you know, form, which is, uh, you know, family occupation, um, 
uh, R is, I can't think of it right now. And, 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 uh, and so that whole form piece, we, we're starting to take that back out and just try to simplify that process a little bit. Cause sometimes we almost make it too long yeah. uh, in there. So but we want to get data on data on this person. So when they, we can personalize that experience as they walk through our door. Yeah. So we try to get away from that, you know, window shopping mentality where it's all right, well, I'm going to show you, here's the cardio deck. Here's the workout area. Here's mm-hmm. our studio classes and, and be more pointed about where exactly they go. Hey, yeah. it sounds like you you really like groups. I'm going to show you our studio classes. I'm going to introduce you to our team training things and really go there. We'll go mm-hmm. over the other pieces and just so that people know what they are and what we offer. But yeah. we really want to be more pointed about where exactly they go. So we get that information right out of the gate um, and go through that whole tour process and learn you know, all the things that we have to offer, but mostly what is going to be most of interest to them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's a good point too. Um, and I, th- I think one of the biggest mistakes, well, I mean, it was, it was just the old way of doing it, right? Like someone comes in and, you know, well, obviously now we want the, I mean, the big goal is to get someone in like a higher level of service. Right. So, you know, I think the days, of, unless someone's just doing it the wrong way or the old way, the days of taking someone over and getting them on a treadmill, I mean, like th- they don't need to know how to, the treadmill works right like it's like step on it hit the green button you and now it's I mean? so easy right <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like um and that's like i come from a big box gym you know it's it's been years ago but that was always a thing like hey with the orientation or whatever we're going to show them show them how to work these cardio you know pieces and this and that and it's like that is that's not doing anything for you that's not you know you're not trying to you know get that person in a, in a higher level of service it's just Right. So I love the more focused thing that you guys are talking about there. And, and, and to add to that and kind of go off what we talked about in regards to building communities are we have a uh, uh, every single membership person has to introduce this person to a certain number of members that are out on working out on the floor or mm-hmm. in a class or and then also our staff. So they have to go while they're passing people and while they're going through they have to be able to introduce and say hey this is our new prospect this is our member that's here they really like these kind of things and uh, to be able to build you know that personable approach to fitness right because again the intimidation and those um, but then also maybe that person actually somehow is interested in the same thing this person is and Oh, maybe they see each other in group power class. Maybe they, yeah. you know, build a relationship somewhere else. And then we can get that with employees. If we, somebody walks in and they already know the front desk person's name and can start a conversation and build a relationship. Um, that's our, that's our biggest goal. So build those communities from right at day one. Um, yeah. We feel like that is something that's important to us and what our, what our core values are. So, you know, we instill that all the way through the club. And then we try to tell, to make it even more personal with that is we try to tell stories about where we go. Right. Yeah. So here's a story about, you know, Jill that takes group power classes. She started similar to you or you're a, you know, stay at home mom or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, really try to have that relatable conversation um, to get, just break down those barriers. Uh, and ultimately, as we kind of talk more about member experience and where they go after the prospecting stuff, um, mm-hmm. how that all really ties into that member experience and, and ultimately the member journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love that too. So yeah, as far as like the next steps for them. So what is it like, what do you, what are you guys doing to get them in front of PT or 
um, in front of your small group trainers? Like, what are you guys doing to do that? Like the next steps? Sure. So this actually, I started this about two years ago, two and a half years ago. I started researching what this looks like. Um, and what I found like most clubs, what they do is, Hey, here's your free session with a personal trainer go and, you know, learn from this. And we did that. We had a little bit of a different system where we had a salesperson um, after the personal trainer came in and some of that kind of stuff. And it worked. We did great. We sold great personal training, but one, we only got about 40% of the people into our, our, um, we called it our kickstart session. And then we sold, you know, 35% of those people, which is again, a good number, but that means that we left 25% of our people or more without anything, right? Yeah. So we completely renovated our programming, took some things from like the PFP model, um, uh, SACO, Health and Fitness, um, and Scott Gillespie out there, uh, and some other um, people. I'm in the Rex Roundtable. So some other people in like the Rex Roundtable group talked about, you know, how we can provide value in that session. But also, mm-hmm. it should be so valuable that they pay for it. So we created yeah. every single member that joins our club pays a $59 fitness consultation fee. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not hidden. It's right out in front of them. It is $59 solely for this. And it's, it is what we do. If you're going to be a member here, you, that's a part of it. Now, does every single person do it? No, but the percentage is now we're up to 67% of our members going to the fitness consultation. And in this fitness consultation, you're meeting with somebody who's driven to keep you engaged in the community, whether that's um, doing free classes, studio classes, working out on your own, um, in, in just meeting members, maybe um, getting into a pickleball program and things yeah. like that, right? So we do the free stuff, but we also, of course, talk about personal training, team training, nutrition, everything else that we offer in there. We prescribe based on what their goals are, what they're interested in. And then we, we prescribe basically kind of from there and create mm-hmm. their member journey. And so we do have a Staiku 3D body scanner, uh, yeah, body composition yeah. scanner in our, in, in, as part of this as well. So that's all included in this fitness consultation. And then after that, we make sure that this person has a fitness team around them. So my fitness consultant will say, all right, you're going to do a personal training session. You're going to do a team training demo. You're going to try a massage. You're going to go to a studio class, all, whatever it is, we connect them with the instructor that the instructor, the coach, whoever is going to be there with them, but then also their manager. So yeah. my group exercise manager is going to go and, and say hi to that person, introduce themselves at that first class. Mm-hmm. Um, my fitness consultant will even try, maybe even take the class with them if they need to, to help break down that barrier a little Yeah, bit. yeah, absolutely. So, but we do almost all of our selling now inside of the fitness consultation in regards to PT and team training and all that. We do very little demos because we've already built the relationship. So our fitness consultants are also the ones who sell our memberships. So yeah. we have, they, we built the relationship from prospect all the way through that new member part. Um, and then my fitness consultations uh, job consultants goal is that that first 90 days, we know that we can get them exercising in the club 2.2 times a week 
through those 90 days, they're going to stay a member for a long time. They're going to get the results. They're going to enjoy the club. And so that, that is their focus is just how do I keep them coming, keep them coming, keep them engaged, uh, especially for those 90 days. But we build it around that team so that they have connection points. And they have people that they can uh, lean on. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's a good point um, about the, you know, the consultations, because I think that's been, you know, one of the, one of the things throughout the industry for years, it's like, okay, like relatively everyone was offering this free assessment or free, you know, whatever session you could get people to schedule. And usually that's honestly just to get out of there, right there. Yeah, fine. I'll be here. But yeah, getting them to show up was a different story. And, exactly. and like you said, like you guys were at 30% or 40%, right, uh, before you did the paid. So, which is better because we were, you know, industry average is like, is 12% to get people to show up for that, you know, um, second or for the actual, you know, fitness assessment consultation. So, yeah, that's, um, that's always been one of the biggest mysteries, right? Like, how do you get people to actually show up for this thing? Right. And I think that's, um, you know, adding that in. And like you said, it's not hidden, right? Like they know, they know the deal whenever they sign up. Absolutely. Yeah. We put it right out in front of them. You know, there's a lot of discussion about enrollment fees and, you know, do we, do we charge enrollment fees? Why do we charge enrollment fees? And we did that. And ultimately it was always a play on price. It was always, Oh, well, you know, we're, here's our discount this month. Here's our special. Here's how we're going to like drive people in, but it was never any value. We never give any value to anybody who's walking in the club and doing this enrollment fee. So we're like, one, we're yeah. discounting it already and it has no value. Let's yeah. give them value and let's make sure that we're charging the value that it's worth. Yeah. And, and, and I think people are seeing the value, willing to see the value in our, in our showing up to it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also that skin in the game idea too. For sure, for sure. And add that sign up. And that, I think that is also a piece to how we get them showing up to those appointments. And now I would say recently over the past few months, we're probably back up. We're probably at like closer to 75% uh, mm -hmm. of people showing up um, to those or, or booking from um, the sign up and then showing up is probably at like 90% right now, which is a great number. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, just the, just the boost, I mean, really the difference between like for a lot of people, if, if they don't have a lot of experience with this, you know, even our, our listeners, you may think 40, 40%, 67%, you know, these are just people that showed up. So it's like, oh, well, they've not, these people haven't bought anything, right? Well, the difference is, I mean, the at-bats that you get, you know, it's a numbers game. So you, you get more at-bats, like, you know, with 27% increase, you know, obviously you have so many more opportunities. So you, you're going to sell more without getting any better at sales. Yep. Yeah. And the great part is even if your sales aren't great, you're selling them so much more than fee-based services, right? Yeah. You're also yep. selling them the free stuff. And so our discussion was we have, so we have a 90 day follow-up with them and they come back, they do another site assessment and that. And so at that 90 days, we want them to show back up. Well, if we in the beginning only tried to sell them, they're going to show back up at 90 days. Yes. So our, our philosophy is let's give that, let's really offer them everything, including, you know, non-fee-based things, but then our conversion rates from people that show up to doing anything, again, fee or non-fee-based programs is now quadrupled 
compared to what it was before. Yeah. Because you just you're offering everything under the sun and then your 90-day follow-ups are better. Hey, you tried group power for the last three months. How have you been liking it? It's been feeling good. Awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Let's see how it's been helping you. Mm -hmm. Oh man, you've really made some great changes. That's awesome. Or, you know, I see that maybe we haven't gotten there yet. What are your challenges? Where can we help you even a little bit more? And we've now, because we've provided them the free, now we can be like, oh, you know what? Maybe we can add a little bit more to this. What do you think about, maybe it's the nutrition side of it that might help. Maybe you just need a little bit more intensity in there. Maybe a team training program is better. Or let's try different free ones. Um, yeah. That We now have built the relationship and built the trust to be able to have that discussion a second time. Yeah, absolutely, man. And so I'm, I'm just curious, like, I wonder what, if you had that process in place when you were a fitness manager, like what would that have done for your numbers and like your commission? Oh my gosh, so much better. So yeah. much better. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Now we're at this place, we started to do bi-weekly billing and um, with all of our personal training, team training and that kind right. of stuff. This accountability of people, hey, I'm signing up for two days a week of personal training has all of a sudden our personal training numbers have continued to increase. Plus we built the relationship. Now we've built some accountability for the member and also for the employee to mm -hmm. get those sessions in that we're people, we're people are showing up way more often, much better frequency. They're getting better results. When we used to do the, we actually just ran these numbers last week. We were selling packages like most people do, right? Six, yeah. 12, 25 packs. Uh, we had, after we sold it out of a kickstart, 60% of the people showed up to their first session. Mm. Crazy how small of a number that's that insane. is. That's insane. Right? But now that we're doing bi-weekly billing, we have about a 90% show rate to their first session. Yeah. Yep. And, and then they aren't canceling. They aren't, you know, stopping. We, we say it's a six week um, introduction to it. And then you can cancel anytime after that. Mm -hmm. So the amount of people that are staying signed on, it's because they're consistently coming. They built it into their routine again, and the accountability part to it, but even added the number of opportunities we get in front of people. Plus now afterwards, keeping them for a longer time, the, the opportunity for our trainers, for our fitness consultants, it's, it's exponentially grown. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. And, and that's the thing it's, and I think that is one of the biggest shifts that, that needs to take place in, in a big box gym, uh, really any gym that's selling PT services, like, and it, it's a tough belief to break, but you have to get away from packages. Like you have to do it. You have to go to some sort of EFT, right? Like that's, it's one of the only ways that you should be doing it in my opinion. And I'm sure like you agree now, I mean, the numbers don't lie. Yep. You know? Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't have thought it was going to be that big of a change. I thought from a simplification standpoint and you know, just a usage standpoint, sure. It was going to be good. What I initially did it for is I, we're not in a very affluent area necessarily. Okay. So, you know, we have a fair number of, you know, collection issues and those kind of things. So we thought is, you know, why don't we break the payment down to what they can afford on a biweekly basis? Mm -hmm. So let's show them, Hey, it's 60 bucks a week to do this personal training program. Is that mm -hmm. affordable to you? If that's not affordable to you, no problem at all. Let's look at something else. Right. Yeah. And so that was one of the big reasons we did it initially, but now we've realized all the accountability pieces that got to it. Right. Yeah. And then when people do get the results or they're really enjoying their trainer, maybe they only sign up for one time a week in the beginning. 
after a few weeks, all of a sudden they're like, oh, you know what? I want to start doing two times a week. I'm feeling good. I'm, you know, I love my trainer, all that kind of stuff. But they had to show up to get to that point, right? right, right. As we said, with the 60%, they weren't even getting there to be yeah. able to do that. So it's been, it's been a big paradigm shift for us um, going into there. And again, things that I didn't necessarily expect we would get as benefit. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Now is your uh, like regular memberships, are you guys billing the same way bi-weekly or We're monthly? still on a month actually. We, so okay. we still do the 15th of the month. We've been talking about doing bi-weekly billing. It's just been, we've been doing the 15th for 18 years. So it's one of those like, do we really want to mess with it at all? And yeah. so far, so we, we implemented the system in May for bi-weekly billing and we haven't had any issues with it with yeah. it's kind of two different ones. And the nice thing for me is I know what I bill on the fr- every other Friday is only for fitness. It's only for yes. training services. Yes. So I can just see just that instead of everything else. And that does help, you know, just kind of see, all right, how are the numbers growing? How are the changes happening? Um, yeah. All of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, we got to break it down like that. Um, and, and that's one of the things too, like, if you don't, if you don't know your numbers in this, like, and a lot of us are guilty, like I, I was so guilty, like in the first few years, man, I had no idea what my numbers were. I mean, I, I knew what I was bringing in, but I didn't know what anything was, you know, I mean, some of my, um, enrollment fees or whatever was categorized under other and it's like, you have a few thousand and other, and I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, does anybody <laughs> know? And, you know, we, but once you start tracking that and knowing where everything uh, goes to, where things come from, I think your numbers grow because you pay more attention to it. And I think it helps being as a leader in this, right? It helps us to be able to talk about the numbers, talk yeah. about, hey, if, if you're going to be changing strategies and changing directions on these things, you got to be able to have that discussion. And because there's going to be sometimes you make a change and it doesn't necessarily go in the right direction with the numbers right away, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it was wrong. Maybe there's just something you had to tweak, something you had to adjust in it, but yeah. you have to be able to know them and be able to talk with your team about them. So they're thinking and looking at them as well. And yeah. so I would say that was my, one of my biggest issues probably in the beginning of my career was, all right, well, I'm going to look at the numbers. I'm going to be all locked into them, but, and then I'm just going to coach off it. But I'm not mm-hmm. necessarily, I wasn't necessarily talking about it. I wasn't mm-hmm. getting them engaged on what they meant, but now seeing them and understanding, like now our meetings are like, all right, well, let's talk about what this percentage is. Let's look at how we can improve it, but then they can create game plans. It's a much better coaching session than it a, is. you know, telling session, but it's based on data, which yeah. is an important factor for that too. Yeah. And we know data doesn't lie. Like data, data has no feelings, you know, it is what it is. So that's kind of like one of those deals when, you know, if someone, you know, you have to come down on someone because their numbers suck or whatever, like they can see everyone's, they can see where they're at. And it's not like, oh, this guy's just picking on me or something. You know what I mean? Cause you know, and, and we all have it. Like there are, you know, some, some of employees that I've had, I'm sure you've had, have the victim mentality, right? Like everyone's out to get them. So when you're fully transparent with your numbers and it's like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what we need. We got to get there. Like, what's up? What do we do? Like it helps out. Yeah. And it's, it allows you to, I think, truly manage because if yep. you're not able to talk about them, they don't necessarily know that they're doing all this stuff wrong. Exactly. They, they might think that everything they're doing is fine if they aren't hearing about how it's affecting it. So we actually just changed some of our management meetings in regards to that. So they, you know, they're putting all their numbers on the board and I don't really, I don't really care about the numbers. I care about what did we do to get that number? 
So here's what we did to get this number, whether it be good or bad. Um, And this is what I'm going to do to fix it. Or this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to continue to build onto it. But Mm -hmm. now that's, that's a lot of our discussion. And so much of our numbers has nothing to do with revenue. So much of it has to do with behaviors. What are we behaving like to get these numbers, right? So how many, how many team training clients do I have? How many unique studio class people do I have? How many personal training hours am I doing? Instead of, oh, well, here's my revenue. Well, the revenue could have been great because a couple of things changed or we had, you know, maybe one good week. That just was maybe fluky. But when you get to the details and get to, this is why it happened in, in this is how I affected it personally, Mm -hmm. Uh, then they get more ownership of those moves and those creations and strategies that come to figuring out where your numbers are going to go. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jacob, man, we are getting towards the end of our time on the podcast here. Um, And one question I always like to ask people at the end. So let's say like in a year from now, uh, what does growth look like for you guys? Like, where do you want to be at? Great question. Growth for us, um, you know, like I said, we just did a dues increase uh, for our club and it was the first time we did a dues increase in 15 years. So our goal is to continue to provide value. And, you know, that member journey that we talked about and the communities and the experience um, that our members are having, you know, our goal is to be in the top 10% of, of Medallia, our MXM surveys, our net promoter score. Um, and so we know that if we can have those, some of those metrics really locked in that we're providing the value, people are seeing results, we want to be a results oriented club, mm-hmm. uh, and that people are building connections inside of it. So for us, it's continuing to provide value. We're thankfully in a good place that, you know, through the pandemic, we did have a couple of competitors close. So we've been busy, um, really busy this, this entire time, which has been fantastic for us. But that also means that we have to continue to step our game up. And so that our, our big things are ultimately our net agreements, our net promoter score, and then our net payers. How many how many people are coming in are doing just a little bit more for us? And so those are our main key KPIs that we pay attention to, but it's really the value. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, the biggest one for us is those medallion surveys. Yeah. Yeah. Got it, man. Well, awesome, Jacob. Dude, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, hope you had a good time. I did as well as a good, uh, good high level conversation today. Um, I enjoyed it, man. Hey, likewise. Thanks so much for having me. It was a blast. Yeah, absolutely. And for our audience out there, if you found value from this podcast, please click the subscribe button so you can be alerted when new episodes are aired. And if you're a gym owner and want to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, apply to be a guest. Until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income.
You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches doing the work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, Max Shippey from CF1440, home of Lomita Athletics, Lomita, California. Max, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me. I feel very lordish today. Yes, <laughs> sitting in my fancy living room chair. It is. I wish this was an audio only because the chair and the fireplace, everything just sets the scene. So it is perfect. So let's set the scene and talk about 1440 Lomita Athletics. What are you doing down there in SoCal? Tell us about the gym and how you are changing lives in SoCal. Uh, we're well. We're doing like probably most of your people are doing. We're, you know, helping people with their, with their fitness. Um, we got a great little community down here. We have a, about 2,200 square feet, so it's not huge, um, but we get a lot done there. Most of we have, we started out as a CrossFit, so we kind of have taken that philosophy or that, um, that approach, and we kind of, that still filters into what we do right now. We do have some personal training that goes on there as well, as well as some mobility classes, but the, the, Typical functional fitness slash high intensity workouts are kind of our focus. We've gone a little bit, dabbled a little bit in the Olympic weightlifting where we have a, a few people who are really into that. And we kind of try to cater to the people who want to do that. Um, so we have a couple of specialty classes of people who do that. And we do some local competitions and, and things like that. So um, a lot of weight loss, a lot of, you know, people wanting to lose weight and change their lives. And, you know, we have a crazy 5 a.m. crew that's kind of the, the starts every day together. And um, we have some really good people that come in the afternoon who are, once again, wonderfully nutty. And we have a lot of personality, a lot of great community. And, um, yeah, to kind of tie that together, we've had a lot of people come to our gym from other gyms. That they come to visit California for whatever reason. They'll stop in and they say, this is a really friendly gym. And we've had people say that over and over and over that they just feel – people walk in, they feel welcome. Like, we make sure everyone, when they're new, gets an introduction. And um, we give them a hidey-ho. And so, yeah, that's what we're doing, changing lives one beat of sweat at a time. I guess one beat of sweat at a time. I like that's that. It's good. It better than one burpee at a time. That's yeah. one. We've been joking that we need to make time. a shirt. We need to make a shirt that says, I hate burpees. And no, at least it's not burpees. That's what it is. At least it's not burpees and have that crossed out. Then like, at least it's not wall balls and have that crossed out. You yeah. know what I mean? It'd be a list. Everyone has. At least it's not Turkish getups. Yeah. Uh, right. Right. Exactly. You know. So you were, you were a CrossFit affiliate you still use some of the methodology, some of the mixed modal training, but at some point along the way, for whatever reason, you decided um, that wasn't going to be your brand anymore. You kind of, you decided you want to take control of your brand. You wanted to have Lomita Athletics. You wanted to be in charge of that. Um, was there anything else that went with it? Were you not seeing the value in affiliate fees? Were you uh, just looking to kind of add a little bit to the, to the, the bottom line as far as an expense that you couldn't quantify what you're getting back to yeah. what was the process behind that. We, um, we were kind of fortunate, unfortunate in that, like, I mean, probably a lot of your, your, your listeners know that um, CrossFit had a pretty good bump in the road there back during COVID with the whole, like Casper said some stuff and glass and said some stuff that wasn't, mm-hmm. could have, that could have been handled better. We'll put it that way. And our fit, Affiliate fees were due in July. So it was kind of like right when that was happening. And um, 
you know, one of the great things about being part of a larger organization is that like, you can look to them for leadership and guidance and that sort of thing. And, and you're literally affiliated with them. So they, whatever they represent also represents you. That's the good thing. And, and the bad thing about something like that is like, you know, that bigger picture, whatever that represents also represents you as well. Um, and so is it, and, and the bottom line did factor in as well, because even though I had gotten into the, the affiliate fees early, which means that I paid less money at, at the very beginning, it was only 500 bucks, but it, of course it went up as, as the years progressed. Um, I didn't pay that low, but um, so that did affect our decision a little bit because we're like, wait, most of our, most of our people come through word of mouth. Um, and, and we do get some Google hits and things like that, but you know, most people are friends or friends that are coming. So we didn't feel like that was causing a huge pull. Like maybe it did in 2008, nine, 10, or even 2012 or something like that. Where people were specifically looking for that. Um, so anyway, uh, we, <clears throat> You know, our thing with that was that <clears throat> if my wife and I can sit in our kitchen and come up with a better response than, than the CrossFit heads did at the time, then, then why are we, why are we following them? Like they, sh they should have this a little bit more handled. We thought, um, we also thought that like, as a great example, that not to beat it down too much. I mean, it seems to me that CrossFit has now made more strides and they've changed their CEO um, and they've, they've done some really good things to kind of move that forward. Um, but the example I tend to give people is um, Rogue Fitness, which I get all my equipment from. I love them. I think their equipment's really, really good. Um, I've never had anything break of theirs. Um, but they didn't really make a statement. They just released the Unity t-shirt, which I don't know if you've seen it, um, but it's a barbell with a bunch of fists on it. And they're just ranging in color from very pale white all the way to dark, brown black essentially and it's like yeah there you go like they didn't have to release a statement they said here's the shirt this is what we represent you're like awesome like that says it all right there just as even without even using words um so anyway a little bit of it was a disappointment of of the of hq at that point um as well as like well let's save a little bit of money at the same time um so that was last year just last year we, we disaffiliated so and so far it's it's fine you know so far it's fine and we don't wish ill will of any of those people and you know people have to make up their own decisions we also have a very 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 diverse we have an interesting see i'm talking too much we have an interesting um an interesting we have a very diverse um uh, client base who mm -hmm. are also some of that diversity are cops and some of the diversity are you know law enforcement and and, and military and all. so we have we are very fortunate as well that we actually guide a lot of conversations that naturally happen in class about stuff that's going on in the world and it we've managed to somehow usually bring that a little closer together as opposed to making it separate. Um, and once again, I feel like if I can do that in my own gym with the actual people standing there, like I should expect at least that much from the people that are supposed to be, um, that are HQ, if you will. So, um, once again, no ill will there. It's just the decision that we made and it seems to be fine for us. So <clears throat> you took the control for the statement for the community building for whatever was going to happen there and in the future. And you took the, you know, what you've based and built over, you know, the last, what do we say, 14 years? Yeah, 12 basically. Years, right? Yeah, 12 years yeah. officially, yeah. So you were who you were already and you said, all right, my client base, they all know each other. They know where we stand inside these walls and we're not going to necessarily even bring into question where our allegiance is. Right? Our allegiance is here. These right. are the people that have been here. These are the people we care about. And on the outside, we hope that shakes out for the best, but we're going to do our own thing. So yeah. see you later, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, it's true. Because I guess it's a good way to put it is that we end up focusing locally instead of on that big thing, you know, because you can drive yourself crazy. We can all drive ourselves crazy going on Twitter and trying to chase down stuff. It's like, yeah, but how am I going to coach my class and how am I going to treat these people? And that's more important. So, yeah. So, you know, uh, for people listening, you never know how far down the line this is going to be. We have to always touch the the burning topic of COVID and how it how it relates into all the other stuff that's gone on in the, you know, the past year and a half, almost two years now. So how did that affect you? What did you do? Uh, did you take a hit on members? You know, what have you done, you know, since we've started to go get better, we're not out of it. Like what's the whole COVID scenario looked like for you? Well, for us, we were <clears throat> initially, we were very clever in that we got, I remember which, I think it was another gym in Long Beach that had the idea of essentially, <clears throat> if people wanted to, they could continue to pay us membership and we allowed them to rent equipment for that membership fee. So we basically emptied the gym with all of our people. We're like, what do you want to bring home? And you, could, you can't bring home a whole 16 barbells and a stack of stuff. You know what I mean? We're like, within reason, like we're still trying to program some workouts. You can follow us on Sugar Wad or whatever, however you're tracking us. Um, so we did that. And people took anywhere, anything from like a barbell and a couple, you know, quick set of plates to a couple kettlebells to um, that sort of thing. So they can continue training. Um, and that worked out really well. We also did Zoom classes in the mornings. Um, once again, I've mentioned my 5 a.m. crew a couple of times because they're, I love them tremendously, but they're also crazy. They're the people who are like, you're not going to have class on Christmas? How come? It's like, you are crazy people. Like, I'm not going to have class on Christmas, you know? God bless them. But um, so um, they kind of anchored the, the, we, the 5 a.m. class. So we still had our Zoom class at 5, 5.30. We just made a shift of the time a little bit. It was easier to do at home and did basic like at home workouts with very simple stuff, but at least we were meeting, you know what I mean? Um, and that kind of, then we would forward that, that recorded workout onto the rest of the day. So anybody else who wanted to join could do it that way. So that kind of kept us, I would say treading water and with our nose barely above the water <laughs> for through COVID, right. Every so often dipping under. And then once we could start having classes again, we did them outside. We were fortunate that we have uh, our parking lot. It's like right there. Um, and we did all our workouts outside for a good six months, like even first thing in the morning, um, which our neighbors loved, but what are you going to do? Um, and then we slowly kind of inch that inside. Um, I think over the course of, yeah, we just started inching it inside little by little by little and masks and the rest of it. When we were outside, once we were working out, we didn't have masks. So we, we made it work. Um, and as of now, we're, probably back to like 80 ish percent, something like that of what we were before. It's it. I'm sure not the only one. It hit us at exactly the wrong time where it's like, everything was cooking. Like we were cooking. And then it was like, oh, really? Like really? And for me too, because I've, we we're talking earlier, I've had four to locations. I've had someone still 80% of my clients. I've had like, you know what I mean? I've had some drama like we all do and we're starting stuff up. So to me, it was like, I got to build this all over again. Like, oh my God. But you know, you, 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 you put on your big boy pants and, <laughs> and dig in, you know, that's what you do. So. Yeah. So one of the things you mentioned earlier, and it's something we hear, you know, a lot right now in the industry is, you know, you have the benefit, especially in something, whether you're affiliated, CrossFit, not affiliated, you still get the same community. You still get the same kind of crazy people, word of mouth, you know, mm -hmm. they either love it and they're telling everybody or they're scaring everybody away and they still tell them anyway. Right. Uh, but, you know, you said the majority of your clients come from word of mouth, referrals, things like that. Mm -hmm. As far as your recovery goes post COVID, is that still 
the main way that you're getting people in the door or have you started, have you looked at any other things? Because that's what we get a lot is people are like, wow, I did really well and I built, built, built through word of mouth. And now people aren't coming back as far, fast as I want. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do. I need to get some more people in here because now the rent's due again. And you know, the overhead is bad. Yeah, sure. That's um, kind of the, the big question a lot of people have right now. I mean, maybe you have a better answer for me than I do. I mean, we've, we've toyed with Groupon. Um, Joe, my business partner, he likes Groupon. He feels like that's, which I, the, the thing I see with Groupon is that I either have to pay for them marketing mm-hmm. or I can use Groupon's email list and they, and I make a little money off that. You know what I mean? Like, cause it's always one month for some stupid, ridiculous low price. Da, da, da. You know what I mean? I don't really like it, but mm-hmm. as far as like a thing, it's like, he likes it because it feels like it gets a lot of people in. Mm-hmm. I don't like it because I feel like it cheapens the thing and it, it sets a, a dollar amount. So we go back and forth on this often. I'm kind of the person who would like, I would rather give you a free week to check us out than to charge 50 bucks for the month. Like I feel like, cause it's just a mental thing, you know? Um, but it does bring people in, you know, we get two, three hits off that every month and they come in and pay their super low fee. And, and a lot of those people have stuck around. So I can't necessarily say like, Hey, let's not do that. Um, but philosophically, I'm a little like, every time. Um, and you maybe have a better answer for this than I would, because I kind of struggle between, like, I just had a bunch of calls with Yelp last week and they were trying to get me in with that. And I was like, I don't know, like Yelp literally like almost a decade ago, left a really bad taste in my mouth because of some of the practices they have. And I was like, this just seems shady, dude. Like I'm out, like, see ya, you know? Um, so I just kind of, <laughs> I, I kind of turned them down literally last week, but then I realized, which I don't do enough of, I know, like on my Google maps, it turns out that we have like something crazy, like 16,000 hits or impressions or whatever it is a month. And I'm like, so I got to go deeper into that to be like, and maybe once again, maybe you have a better answer because you talked to a lot of people like, how do I capitalize on that? Like, is that just, it comes up on like, I Number one, I don't know the specifics of it. Does that mean it just came up on someone's screen because they typed in Jim and they saw 50 of this and that I was one of them? Or does it mean that 1,600,000 people wanted to know where I was actually located? Now, a good number of those is probably people just putting in their phone from work and getting directions so Google can talk to them. You know what I mean? But it's not, I mean, we have 70 or 80 people. So even if you do that every day of the week, it's not 16,000. So for me, I've been looking at that lately being like, wait, like that's a huge number. And if I can get just a literally a percent of that to, to call me or to turn that over or whatever, like maybe that's a better use of my time than the, you know, 20 impressions a month I get on Yelp or whatever the heck it is, you know, cause people are already there. So do you have an answer for that? Do you have a better? Well, yeah, yeah. I get a couple really. And this has been one of the hottest topics. So this is, this is what we're talking about. And, you know, the, the purview of, it's always going to be what's relevant right right now in the podcast. And right now, everybody's like, how do I get people after COVID? Uh, Yelp is like a cartel. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I don't blame you. Uh, I, my objective statement that I can make is Apple is dropping Yelp. Mm. Uh, App, Yelp has been uh, tied in with Apple for quite a while. And even they're tired of the uh, their business practices, it seems, from the press releases. So... Um, mom said, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say don't anything. Say anything. No. Okay. Um, right. I never, <clears throat> gym owner found a lot of value in Yelp. It seemed like they just wanted you to pay to get anything to happen. Um, mm-hmm. and didn't even let, um, I've heard time after time, if businesses got too many positive Yelp reviews, they would just stop showing them. 
unless mm. they paid them more money and weird stuff like that. Right. That's just what I've heard. Um, you know, Google impressions can be anything. Someone types in Jim and they're anywhere in your radius, SoCal, LA, Lomita, whatever it is. It was specifically on maps, which was interesting. It was specifically yeah, on maps. Yeah, yeah, if they pop in anything, okay. and they want to look. I mean, you're in Southern California, so like how many how many gyms besides yours could you hit with a baseball that you threw? Like yeah, 10, 20? True. Yeah. Something so stupid, yeah. anything that might pop up on someone's screen shows as an impression. While it's great, you want to show up on SEO. Uh, it's super hard to quantify and you're never going to be able to track any real dollars. Should, you know, we find that gyms really do well by having their Google My Business account all up to date. You want to make sure you don't neglect it so people realize you're a real business. But, you know, how many of those translates into people walking in the door saying, hey, Max, I Googled gym and I drove across town, like across town in Southern California is like a two day drive. Yeah, exactly. So it's really like, if you're not hitting, you must have a two to five mile radius where you have any chance of people showing up at your door. I yeah. Work. Or it's, or if they happen to be passing through, if we happen to be on their commute, you know, that's right, the one. Yeah. yeah. Right. They yeah. work in the area, live in the area or happen to drive through like nobody, you just, it doesn't make sense, right? No, no one. Yeah. No one's coming from Burbank down to come to us. It's just, yeah. you know, it doesn't work that way. I had, I think I was telling you off there, I had an awesome gym owner who's in downtown LA on the other day. And it's like, it, most people that are going to come to her are probably going to walk there yeah. because it just, it doesn't make sense. So, which is amazing, yeah. which is great. Um, you know, as, as much, as much money and heart and soul as I've poured into uh, digital marketing, you know, the best ROI right now is still, it's still on Facebook and Instagram, you know, for, for things that you're going to put time and money into um, it's still, it's still, you know, killing it for gym owners that are doing, you know, three to one, five to one for putting dollars into it. You got to pay to play the free stuff. You have to get, have good organic social media, right? Cause if people hear about you and you have a bad Instagram or bad Facebook, they might not even believe you're a real business, right? but <clears throat> all that stuff to get shown to more than like 1% of your followers, you got to pay them. But yeah. it, like anything in life, right? If it's expensive, it's because it's worth it. So you got to right. kind of you have to have a good strategy there. Definitely outside of the purview of, of what we can get into on the podcast. But um, that, that's know. actually funny. Just to do a sideways comment, which people might find funny. Some of my biggest hits on our Instagram have been this character I do called Max Out Max. Mm -hmm. Basically stuff would happen in the gym that would just make my eye twitch and go crazy. So mm -hmm. I kind of did this character. It's like, hey guys, it's Max Out Max it's going on. So walking through the gym today and somebody didn't put away their barbells. What the And I just go on this just rant of like, you stupid people, like put away your stuff. And um, people shared that stuff and love that stuff. And I'll get like a thousand views. I'm like, okay, I guess people just want me to be aggravated and mad all day. <laughs> like, you know? Man, so. if that was a technique, I would have cleaned up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you definitely, anything that gets eyeballs, right, is yep. is, is a good thing. So, yep. man, um, I hate to go to a quick topic shift because sure. I can talk, you know, marketing and acquisition and all that stuff forever. Sure. But you know, we, we might need to have an off-air chat about that one of these days. But um, we can't have a podcast without talking about goals, future, things you're doing. Uh, sure. This is... Um, this is kind of a, a passion project in a, a love thing and a fitness thing for you, but also you have a partner who also it's, you know, it's his full-time thing. So between the two of you, like, where are you trying to bring this thing? What are your goals? Is it to get back to where you were pre-COVID? Do you have bigger and better goals than that? I mean, are you trying to change the world? 
you know, one location at a time. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's funny you say that. Cause like I've, I, for a second, I had kind of pseudo two locations for a second. Like I tried to kind of open up place that was literally like down the street and thought I could kind of handle two things at once. And it's interesting because I think because it's more of a passion thing for me, Joe and I have only been business partners for two and a half years, something like that. So we're still pretty young as far as business partners go. And I think if the trouble we've seen with people who branch out too quickly or don't do it very consciously is that that, that community feel is, is tricky to maintain as you grow. Because even if you have two gyms, the two gyms will naturally have a different feel just because of different people. And you can't be, you can't be every place at once. You know, of course, you know, the good thing about having three gyms or two gyms or five gyms, you, you can't be every place at once. And that's sometimes a good thing because then you have to find the people that you can trust and you can depend on to do the stuff that needs to get done. Um, you can't be everywhere. When, if you have one gym, you're like, I got to do everything and I'm do you can drive yourself crazy. So, you know, delegation is, is really important. Um, so would we, we're always looking, kind of looking for a bigger space. You know, we were, we're depending on the class, we're pretty much maxed out in the space and we would love to have extra space for, you know, specific Olympic lifting and, you know, some of that sort of thing. We always want a few more little fancy pieces of gear, but it's like, oh, where are we going to put it? You know, um, especially as we both get older, we're both in our forties. So it's not like we just want to get in there and pound around. We want to actually have like a space that was just kind of off to the side that we could say was dedicated to mobility would be amazing. Um, so we're always looking to be a little bit bigger. Um, yeah. I mean, once again, like you said, it's kind of a passion thing of mine where it's like, I'm focused on that. I'm growing that to some extent. Um, but Joe tends to be a little bit better as far as, um, he has more personal training clients. So he's kind of working that side of it a little bit more. I've had this idea for a long time and he loves to train high school kids that it would be great if we had some kind of, I should talk to you about that maybe off air before we, before I give everyone else the idea, but like to be able to focus on, on kids who are like, you know, when they're not doing their sport, like what can they do so they can improve their sport next year? Because one of the big things we have a, a guy that's come in and um, done some specific volleyball and soccer training um, for some students um, for us. And he's great. And I was picking his brain because, and what he said was what I suspected <clears throat> that a lot of the kids these days, especially because they're doing the same sport all year round, they're getting injuries that they shouldn't get at a young age. You know, baseball is of course the obvious ones. Like if you throw that much with your arm, like over and over, they're getting children injuries at 12, 13, 15 that they shouldn't have until they're in their twenties because they didn't just take a season off and, and do something else. Um, so, you know, as far as like, that's something that is important to Joe and I, cause I have kids. Um, but yeah, we would love to expand. It's just a, for us, it's a matter of where's the money and where's, how does that all fit together? And, you know, when, I found when I moved locations, I had about 20 to 30% attrition. So you're like, okay, how long can you hold that on before you start bringing enough people to make that happen? You know what I mean? So um, the good thing is that we're kind of going along right here. And if we just bump this up by 10, 20%, we'd both be super happy. And the bad thing is that like, we're going pretty good. And if we just bump this up 10, 20%, we'd both be happy. So, you know, we're not necessarily trying to take over the world. We want to be really connected with the people that we have um, and, you know, we want to be kind of friends with all of our people where it's like, it's, we don't have to set aside. We'd love to be invited to weddings and the things like that. You know what I mean? Uh, where other people are just like all about the business and I don't care, you know, um, we're, we tend to be very, very community-based. So for better or worse, there you go. Sounds like there's a lot of meat left on the bone here, Max. I, 
Um, I'm going to try my best to see if we can't get you on again and talk sure. about all these things. Of course. Do follow up for you. That's always my dream to come back and, and check in on, on guys and gals that are, that are doing this thing for now. We do have to call it an episode, but before I let you go, um, what's your website, what are your social media handles? If somebody wants to find you find 1440 Lomita athletics, where do they go? Sure. So the easiest way is, um, our, our Instagram is CF 1440. So CF and then the number is one four four zero. That's how many minutes, that's how many minutes there are on a day, by the way, that's what, that's, ah. where that, that's where that came from. Um, and we do have a, I am, this is where Joe and I are different as well. Joe loves the Facebook thing. He's on there all the time. I like that. Facebook is tricky for me. <laughs> it's like, you know what I mean? Like I love people. I hate, I love a person. I hate people. Um, so, so I'm not on Facebook as much. So he's there. I tend to be on Instagram a little bit more. Um, and we have some people who post there for us and who tag us. And we haven't posted in a little while because I've been, kind of been busy with our stuff. But that's the best place to find us. You can follow us there. We do have a website, CrossFit 1440. We haven't changed that website yet, um, but we need to. Um, but yeah, that's where to find us. Cool. All right. So CF1440 on Instagram. That's, yep. Everybody, fitness and Instagram go hand in hand now. If you want to check out the Facebook and the website, that's cool too. But you got to start there. Look for, look for Max out on there. Max, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure. And to everybody out there listening, thank you for your time too. We appreciate you spending a little part of your day with us. That's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. If you want to be notified of new episodes, smash that subscribe button, get notified, throw us a like, a comment, a review. We love all the feedback. If you want to be on the show, be like Max, click the link in the description, fill out the form. Someone from the team will get back to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Gym Lords Nation, keep kicking ass, keep changing lives. Keep putting in that hard work. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.